walk. Um, it'll help us on our walk together with God. Let's see here. If you can see that, um, these are uh, these are our pups. So uh, some of you know them, some of you don't. I'm going to introduce you to them. Um, the brown one, the bigger one, uh, that's a, the chocolate lab. That's that's I say that's mine, but uh, that uh, I had him from a, a baby. So uh, his name's Cooper. So he is a chocolate lab, and I would classify him under the category as man's best friend, right? Um, which I think everybody wants man's best friend dog, right? Uh, the other one, Zoe, uh, she is also uh, a lab. She's a black lab. Uh, she's got a little pit into her, but I think she would follow, follow underneath the category as Jamie's best friend. And um, she still lets me live at the house, so I'm thankful for that. Uh, but I do have to pay rent. Um, but now, now, why am I talking to you about my dogs? Um, Obviously, I love being a, daddy, a doggy daddy, but something that's always amazed me about dogs, m- m- most dogs, I would say, that whether I'm, I'm loving them or having to scold them or, or maybe even uh, discipline them because one likes to chew up uh, my blinds, um, they always either respond or their initial contact with us is to love. Um, I'm not saying 100% that's all dogs, um, but more times than not, they love to love. And even more importantly, I think they love to love first. Um, Some would even say unconditionally. Um, So tonight, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the idea of loving first. And honestly, I think it's more than an idea. I think it's a mindset. It's an attitude. It's a way of life that I think God wants from us as his children. And I'm, I'm hoping to be able to prove that into the scriptures, through the scriptures that we're going to look at this evening. But I want to really focus on this idea of loving first. Um, so first we're going to lay the groundwork for this loving first. And, and then we're going to look at some examples and we're going to make some applications along the way. Uh, we were, uh, the scripture reading, Derek already read from the scripture reading, Romans chapter 5. You can look over that back there. Romans chapter 5. This is a familiar verse, a familiar passage with us. Romans chapter 5. In there, in verse 6, it says, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would, would, would dare even to die. But God shows his love for for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So here we see, you know, it doesn't explicitly say love first, but when we see love, I want us to think of loving first. Um, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? That's what we see in this passage. And this uh, action of love was shown to us before we knew God. It was shown to us before we knew God, and it was, out, it was without us showing any love toward God, right? So what we can, what we can take from that, this reading of loving God, um, he loved us first, right? 
Hopefully we can, we can stay on the same page tonight and as we move along. So when we're reading of loving God, we are loving God in response to his love, right? I think we would all say that. Um, this would be, I guess, classified as a reciprocating love. So when we think of, we're gonna, I'm going to be using that term tonight, reciprocating, um, to give or respond based on what has been given, Right? And I think we often look at love based on a reciprocating action um, or something given in return. Um, and for him, uh, and so we see, let me see. So we see that, but reciprocating love is not what, was one, is not what we read in Romans chapter 5, right? It wasn't a reciprocating love. Um, God did not see that we loved him and poured out our love to him. And that's why he decided to love us, right? No, that means he would be loving us second. And that's not the way God loves. God loves first. Um, so God does not, but, but we do practice this idea of reciprocating love with God, right? We love in response to God's love. So just kind of follow me on, the, on this groundwork of loving first. So God loves us first, right? Turn with me over, be turning to, uh, uh, sorry, I, I did have some points up here, um, and I actually have stars on the side to remind me and just get it carried away. Um, so again, Romans chapter 5, God acted first. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love was shown to us before we knew him, and without loving him back, God loved us, and we love him in response to his love. That is a reciprocating love. Um, hopefully I, I can keep up with this. First John chapter four, though, looking at first John chapter four, I think this, uh, this passage is, is familiar to us. We've, we've read this passage before, and I think it really illustrates this mindset of loving first. And I hope we can kind of un, un, understand that concept better as working through this passage. Um, so, like, when you see the word love, I want you to think of loving first, okay? In uh, and, and verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another. First John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So here we see, let us love one another first. Whoever loves first has been born of God and knows God, Right? This is not a reciprocating love, but loving first like God loves first. Verse 8, it says, Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So we look at uh, this, we see that connection back to Romans chapter, uh, we see that connection back to Romans chapter 5 through 9 through 11 there, um, going back to remembering Christ dying on the cross for us, right? And then as we, as we come to verse 12, if you're following me, of this idea, loving first, 
uh, verse 12 says, no one has ever seen God, right? So we love God second because God saw us first, right? And before we knew him, God loved us, right? So, but I want to really look at this idea just for a second. No one has ever seen God. That, uh, that phrase, we, we read that in some other places, but oh, I'm thinking especially of John chapter 1, uh, back in the Gospel of John, verse 18, when it says, no one has seen the Father. Um, we've just seen glimpses. We've just seen glimpses of the Father. But it wasn't until when? It wasn't until the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? That's what he tells us there in the first chapter of John. It wasn't, it wasn't until we could see Jesus, Jesus in his teaching, his healing, his life of compassion, connection with others, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, that what? We look at Jesus and we see the Father, right? Um, and even in John 14, if you remember, Philip asks Jesus, Lord, show us the Father. And what is his response? Have you been with me so long that you, don't know, you still don't know me, Philip? He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, Right? This same language here, I preface that because this same language here in verse 12, no one has ever seen God. In the same way we look at Jesus and see God, we are meant to look at brethren loving one another and see God. Just take a second and let that sink in because that is powerful. That is awesome. So when we look at Jesus, we see God. When we love one another, we should be able to see God. Um, so no one has ever seen God, verse 12. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. How is God's love perfected in us? Let me uh, catch up here for just a second. Apologize if, uh, if you if you do want my slides or my points, I'll definitely give them to you. But <laughs> definitely catching up on that. Um, so we think of this idea how God's love is perfected in us. Um, first, when we think of the word perfect, what do we think of? We think of complete. We think of aim or end of God's love, right? So it starts back in Romans chapter five. It starts back in Romans chapter five for us starts when Jesus loved us first and he died on the cross to take away our sins. That love transforms us and is reflected in how we love one another first. That is how our love is perfected. And we think about this loving first, this is not a reciprocating love but instead we learn to love like God and love first. And when we think about God is the only one we can love reciprocating and it still be perfected. He's the only one that we can love secondarily and it still be perfected. Why? Why is that? Because God is always worthy of my love, right? He is always to be trusted, Right? 
We can always be assured that he's going to love me perfectly. So I can depend on loving him based on how he loved me. Because why? Because he sent his son to die for me. The problem is with reciprocating love toward us, towards one another, that can't be perfected. Why is that? Because then my, love, my loving you is always dependent on your love for me. Does that make sense? My loving you is always dependent on your love for me. So we're going to see that it maybe hopefully you can understand that concept, but that's going to be a tough thing to, for us to apply in our lives. That is not going to be an easy thing. So why can't I trust? Um, that's not going to, let me see here. Yep, there we go. So we get this only with God. There we go. Okay. I think we got it. So we say, like, that can't work among us. And that reciprocating love. So then my love has nothing to do with me, right? It has nothing to do my love for you or your love for me. So, and we think about that. You may have bad love for me sometimes. Or maybe... You just love me sometimes, or maybe you even hate me. So if we can go in with the expectation that in loving first, we go in there with the expectation that I'm going to love you first, knowing that you may not love me back. Isn't that the way God loved back in Romans chapter 5? He loved us first, knowing that we may not love him back. Look with me in, in verse 16, Let's, or verse 13, I apologize. Verse 13, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Think about, so God is love. God has shown us perfect love, and whoever abides in loving one another first, God abides in him. Verse 17, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. By this we have love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because also he is so, also are we in this world. Um, this one is uh, just interesting because like when we think of the day of judgment, sometimes it causes us to tremble. And, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Because... We know on that day, our fate is sealed. But I think what this verse is saying, if we can learn to love like God and love first, that that should give us confidence on the day of judgment because I have learned to love like God. Not that we're perfect, but we learn to love like God. We love first. And I have trust that because my love has been perfected, because I can love first, 
that I have trust that God loves me perfectly and I can reciprocate that love back to God because he loves me perfectly. And you think about, as it says, as he is so, also are we in this world. I think that's talking about as Jesus was in this world, so are his believers. And what it's saying is when we love one another, we become like Christ. Isn't that our goal? Isn't, don't we want to become like Christ in how we love one another? Verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Why is fear connected to love? Well, if we're reciprocating love, then my fear is going to be, I'm going to love you, but you're not going to love me back. Right? We can reciprocate love to God because we know he loves us perfectly. But with you and I, that's not always the case. You may not always love me perfectly. This is talking about when not this perfect love, that, is, that God's love is perfected in us, that can cast out fear. So I'm going to love my, I'm going to love my brother. I'm going to have the intention to love my brother, knowing that they may not love me back. And I think that's why sometimes we are afraid to love one another because of that, because of that fear. But if we go in, but if that's the way it is, then our love's not going to be perfected. Because when my love is dependent on yours for, my, for me, then, then my love is not perfected. But it's only when I can lo- learn to love one another first. Perfect love casts out fear. We look at verse 19 here. And it says, this is what we've been looking for. We love because he first loved us. So we love first because that's how God loved us. He loved us first. That's, that's our connection. So knowing that I don't love people because they first love me, but I love God because he first loved me, right? And I love people first and hope they love me back. But that shouldn't be why I love people. That shouldn't be why I love one another is, is so that they would love me back or appreci- even appreciate the love that I give to them or serve them, Right? I want to look at some examples that, that maybe we don't really think about the idea of loving first. Uh, look with me over in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I think we know uh, verse 22. We know this passage. We, we've read it multiple times. 22 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know, I think a lot of the time when we look at Christ loving the church, we always look at the, the idea of him loving us sacrificially, and, and rightfully so. He died for us. He gave his life. He laid his life down on the cross for us so that we could have our sins forgiven. But let's think about it in both ways. Christ loved us first, and he sacrificed himself, right? So, and the truth is, maybe if we really think about it, it's really hard for us 
to love this way. But it's easy for us, it's easy for me to love my wife in a reciprocating way. A reciprocating love, right? But I think if we understand this verse, we understand that it's a challenging verse. It's challenging to love sacrificially, but it's also challenging to love first. And, and also, uh, so we're still on the same page. I'm not saying always, when I say loving first, it's not just like, okay, I loved you first. I beat you to it. No, you may have an initial contact with somebody, but, and, or you may respond to somebody. Either way, loving first, having that idea, that mindset, that attitude to love first. You know, if I love Jamie Think about this, the reciprocating way. If I love Jamie in a reciprocating way, that's not how Christ loved the church. That goes back to Romans chapter 5, where while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us, and he loved us first before we knew him, right? So what's the danger? I love Jamie when what? When she loves me? When... She's a good wife to me when I've basically said, okay, you've met the expectations of how I think you should love me back. But that's not how Jesus first loved us, right? And I hope this puts loving first in a different, the way we love in a different light and only adds to what we already know. This mindset of loving first So I don't love my wife expecting her to love me back, but I should love her because when I do love her first, God's love is perfected in me. That goes back to 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. And that should hopefully give me confidence, give me strength, give me faith to love my wife even if she doesn't love me back. But I think... Our minds sometimes get the best of us, and we can kind of be our own worst enemy because then fear, fear creeps in again, right? I fear, what if she leaves me one day? I do all of this work to show her that I love her, and she just, she just ups and leaves us. That happens even in the church. Or, she, or I just say, you know what? She's not doing the things that she used to do. Maybe she doesn't love me as much anymore, Right? I think it helps us simplify. Doesn't mean it's easy to apply or make application in our lives. If we understand this loving first, like Jesus loved first, like God loved us first. So then I wake up every day and how do I treat my wife? Well, I love her first. Do I treat her based on how she treated me yesterday or how, uh, how she's been treating me? Maybe she's had a rough week. It's just been, she hasn't been the nicest person. I mean, that's never happened, (laughs) right? But am I going to use that as fuel and say, okay, because you loved me this much, I'm going to love you this much, right? Do we gauge that? I think it's easy to. But if I'm honest, if I'm really honest with myself, that's how I love my wife a lot of the time. It's really easy to love that way. And, and in our marriage, you know, when it's, when it's good, you know, when I, uh, it's always great. And we love one another, but it's when I have doubt or I'm unsure or maybe I, I feel unloved 
that, that the way I treat her changes. And it's easy for that to change, right? But God says, Cameron, love your wife like Christ loved the church, not how we tend to love each other. Right? Look, with, look over me uh, in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. This is another familiar verse. Sermon on the Mount. Talking about loving your enemies. A very familiar verse. When we think about, and uh, just take a step back and we say, you know, in general, when we look at each other um, and our brothers and sisters, when we're here, even during the week, you know, it's if someone shows you love or is kind to you or is nice to you, um, how do you respond? In a loving way, the majority of the time, right? Uh, you know, if someone texts me or, or calls me or sends me an email um, and just says, Cam, I just wanted to tell you that I was thinking of you. Hope you have a great week. Um, looking forward to seeing you later. How does that make me feel? That makes me feel loved. It makes me feel good. And I want to respond and say, I'm doing great. Hope you have a great week. Looking forward to seeing you too, right? So when things are good, things are good. And there's no issues. We say, man, I love my brethren. Uh, I love to love everybody. And, and, you know, most of the time we could probably say, I, I don't have a problem loving, with you, loving you guys on most days, right? Because the majority of you, we're, we're good people, Right? But I think when we get to uh, Luke chapter 6, talking about our enemies, it's another aspect, it's another challenge for us to say, hey, do you love first? Do you love like God loves? Do we love like Christ? Because when we think about loving our enemies, Jesus says, love your enemies. There is no way we can reciprocate our love to the enemy, right? Because it's impossible because you don't have anything to give back to them right? They haven't done anything. They have no intention on loving you. They have no intention on being nice or to uh, do anything good for you in any way, right? So we have to draw the conclusion to say, we're going to have to love them first, right? And if I'm working or practicing on loving my wife first, if I'm practicing on loving my brethren first, when it comes to our enemies, that's a big challenge sometimes for us, Right? Look in verse 27. Let's read a few verses here. Luke 6, verse 27. But I say to you, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, And from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish what others would do to you, do so to them. You know, I think having this attitude of loving first doesn't change the way I feel about how I want people to love me back, right? Or appreciate that. I want everyone to love me, hopefully, right? But I think when we say, I'm going to love first, we make the decision to say, you know, based on how you treat me or respond to me or, uh, or if you don't love me, I'm not going to base that 
on loving you, right? They say, I'm not going, based on how you treat me, how you respond to me, how you serve me, what you, how you treated me yesterday, we shouldn't say like, hey, uh, let me gauge how you've been loving me, right? But instead, I'm going to love one another first. Um, and the thing is, I think what, what Jesus is going to say in 32 for the rest of this passage here, if I don't love my enemy first, then what Jesus is going to tell me is that I'm just like most people in the world. And I love based on how I'm loved. Right? Think about that. Going back to 1 John, though, that's not the way God loves. So God's love, then, is not perfected in me when I love in a reciprocating way to, one, to, to basically everyone else, right? Verse 32, it says, If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend. Let's hold off on that verse, 35. So, so, so we see the, world, the way the world loves can't be my standard for how I love one another. It talks about even sinners love in a reciprocating way. Even sinners love second. And the thing is, like, we can go out in the world and we can marry anybody that will love you second. But the thing is, if we don't marry a person, if we don't choose somebody that is a child of God and understands the way we need to love like God loves, they won't ever love you first. And don't we want that? Don't we want that for those closest, for those, our brethren, for our sisters? Don't we want that for our daughters, for our sons? For our siblings? Shouldn't we want to adopt this way, God's way of love? Hopefully everybody would want to do like that. But I think instead, what's so easy for us is instead of loving the way God loves, we adopt the way the world loves. Why? Because we see it every day. We're in it. We're submersed in it, right? I see that more often. We see it on TV. We hear about it. We see it at the grocery store. We see it at the gas station. Wherever you are, we see how the world loves. And don't think that's not affecting you because it does. So let's not adopt the way the world loves. But the thing is, um, but it's, it's so easy for us to do that. We learn to love based on peop- how people love us. We learn to uh, do good for others based on how people do good for us, right? You know, I'm not going to serve somebody I don't love. That's just a waste of time, right? That's what the world says. But, of course, if you serve me, if you love me, I will definitely love you. I will serve you back. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And, and we see this, this way of love, and it just becomes part of our every, every way of life, Right? And that's when Satan's got us. That's when he's like, yeah, you just keep loving that way. Why? Because it's when we think we love the way God loves and we don't. Because guess what? Everybody loves second is what he's saying. In verses 32 
through 34. Everybody loves in a reciprocating way in the world, but I want you to love first. I want you to love your wife first. I want you to love your brethren first. I want you to love your enemies first. In verse 35, it says, but love your enemies, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. And we didn't read it, but back in Romans chapter 10, it talks about how we were once enemies, how we were once ungrateful, how we were once evil. And what, what did God show us? He showed us kindness, he showed us mercy, and he showed us love. And he's asking us to do the same, right? So, so how I love you, I love you first because it's not that you should appreciate how I love you, what? But I love you first because I appreciate how God loved me first through Jesus. And that's how I want to love. That's how we should love. I didn't read, but back in 1 John, as we wrap up this evening, back in 1 John, I didn't read the last two verses of 1 John because I wanted to tie this in for us to really understand that, that God, that Christ wants us to love first. 1 John 4.20 says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. Right? So we can't say we love God and then turn around and hate our brother. Right? Another way, I think, to put that in a different light Think about in Matthew 20, 22, when Jesus talks about the greatest command. He said, it's, it's on there. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Verse 21 says, and this commandment we see from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Right? We say we love God, but we hate our brother. Well, in reality, we're a liar and we don't love God. Right? But, in, but how can we have confidence on the day of judgment? How can we have perfect love that casts out fear? How does God want us to show that we love him? It's when we love one another first. That's, that, that's it. That's what I think he's trying to tell us here in the passages that we've been looking at and this, having this mindset of loving first. And if you're not a child tonight of God, you'll never know that love. You'll never know that type of love but you can. You have an opportunity to. Maybe you're here because someone decided to love you first. And you want to know what that's about. Maybe you have questions. We'll do our best to do what we can. If there's anything spiritually that you need this evening, though, please come while we stand and while we sing.